Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video. Online, fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Good morning, Fellowship Church. It is so good to see your faces. You know, the Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Do you feel free today? Do you feel free today? So if you're here or at home on your couches, come on and stand and worship with us. Come on, come on, raise the roof. Come on, hallelujah.
You know, I, I, I love the way that song starts out. It's just talking about peace. Man, it doesn't matter how crazy things get, how much the world seems to be falling apart, when the peace that passes all understanding enters the room, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it, and there's no other place you can get it than the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we thank you so much for that. We thank you that you make the darkness tremble. We thank you that you are the God of peace. And for your children, that peace is always plentiful. Thank you for meeting with us in this room today. Holy Spirit, we needed you. We needed your touch today. And Lord, it is so awesome for us to be able to get back together, some of us corporately and worship you. And we can't wait, Lord, for all of us to be able to get back together. I thank you for a little taste of what's to come. Thank you, Lord, for what you did in the first service. Thank you, Lord, for what you did in that worship service. And we just, just can't tell you how much we love you. Thank you for doing warfare on our behalf, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making the darkness tremble in our lives, for walking with us through every storm. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for this time we've had together. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, yes. So cool to have you with us this morning. As you wake your way back to your seats, if you want to give each other, you know, little elbows or whatever, I guess, I guess viruses cannot pass through the elbow. Uh, but <laughs> welcome today, Fellowship Church. So glad that you guys are here with us. Um, we had a great first service. And for those of you that are watching online, we cannot wait for you to be able to minister and be with us in these worship services as well. And we're going to continue to worship now with giving and tithes and offerings. For those of you that are in the auditorium, we cannot pass the buckets, but we do have special offering boxes located at the exits. So if you'd like to drop your tithes and offerings in that box, you can do so. If you are at home, uh, know that you can give through your church center app as well as fellowshipgj.com. Also through the text giving, many of you have done that for years. You can continue to do it that way, or you can drop it off here at the church or mail it in uh, to 765-24 Road, Grand Junction, Colorado, 81505. Well, guys, it's so awesome uh, for us to be able to worship together and also as a form of that worship, give. And as we're giving this morning, I just want to say a prayer of blessing over you. God, we love you and we thank you so much for everything you've done in our life. And for many of us, Lord, as we tithe, it is incredible to see what you've done in our lives. Like it, the, the storms, the financial storms that, that hit other people, we're protected from. And it's incredible. And it's because your word says when we, when we stay faithful in the giving and tithes and offerings, Lord, that you protect us. You protect our stuff. You protect our income. And we praise you for that. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for blessings upon everybody that's given this morning. I pray also for everyone, Lord, that is facing some uh, financial hardships. God, that you would intervene like only you can. Help us to always trust you with our finances, regardless of what's going on around us. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, with the ability to be able to reopen to a limited extent, one of the things that we can also do is start our courses and classes back up. And so for a lot of you, yes. 
Thank you, Jesus. Uh, for many of you, you signed up for Spiritual Warfare 1.0 way back like in January. Uh, and we couldn't do those courses, of course, but now we're going to be able to. We're going to start 1.0, Spiritual Warfare 1.0, June the 10th. Now, we did have to move from Tuesday night to Wednesday night because we're going to have it right here in the auditorium. And then that way, we can have up to 175 people take that class. We can spread out, all that kind of stuff. So we got some room. I think we have almost 100 registered now. So we have room for some more if you would like to take that. You can register on the Church Center app under events and uh, pick up your book here at the bookstore or pick it up the night that you come. But we'll be having it at 6.30 uh, here in the auditorium on June the 10th. Now, for many of you, you've been doing uh, Bible studies and book clubs and that kind of thing online, and we're going to continue to do that as well. In fact, Pastor Will is going to be doing a Bible study on Philippians. That will start June 16th. Uh, he will be doing that through Zoom or some format online. And if you'd like more information, on that, you can do so by calling the church or also if you'd like to register for that group, you can also do it on the Church Center app under events. So make sure you guys are making plans to do those things. As we get more and more permission to do things around here, know that we will do the, we'll do as much as we can do, offer as much as we can offer. We do have some great activity groups and different things going on as well. So check out the Church Center app for all of our groups and ministries that we have here at Fellowship. Well, uh, God is really, really cool. And he did some incredible stuff yesterday. We got to do our second uh, food distribution Saturday. It happened right here at Fellowship Church. Yes, it was was awesome. We had some 500 meals that we were able to give out, and not just meals, but like boxes of uh, vegetables and non-perishables as well as perishables. And uh, we had tons of people come through for that as a ministry. We had great volunteers. 60 of you are here to help distribute that. It is a big job and it is a huge process. And people were coming in one exit, going all the way around the building and then lining up for our teams to pray over them. So they were able to pray over them, which was so cool, each individual car. And then they would go through the line and get their food. And then afterwards, we had some incredible volunteers uh, the DeBrys came with their smokers and their grills, and we had an incredible meal. It is really cool. It's crazy because, you know, you, you, you take for granted gathering together. You take for granted being able to have a good time together and just have a meal together. And we got to do that yesterday. And thank you to them because they, they provided all the food and did all that cooking. So thank you guys. You were wonderful. And we had a great, great day yesterday. And it's because of your giving and support financially that we've been able to do those things. Without that, we couldn't have done the food distributions and we couldn't have continued to minister here in the valley as well as online uh, like we've been able to do. So thank you so much for your generosity. Well, uh, it's interesting. I, I shared this a few weeks ago because uh, uh, Sarah was online hosting. Uh, she was actually producing while I was hosting. And so we talked about the fact that she's actually my niece or my niece-in-law, whatever you want to call it. And I love her, love her family. I love to give her a hard time. I just like to mess with her. Yeah. Yes. And one of the things that I do every once in a while is let's just steal our phone, take some weird pictures with it, you know, put some weird texts on it. Uh, the other day, though, I picked it up and I was looking through her pictures and videos and I found a video that I think that uh, everyone in here will relate to a little bit. It, she doesn't know what I'm doing. So thank you, Sarah, so much for giving us a little bit of entertainment right in the middle of our service. Um, say 1,600. Being quarantined with my family. At first, it was like a really nice long weekend. And then madness. It is too much togetherness. This entire experience has made me very much aware 
that I want a husband and children in my life, just not in my home. <laughs> Amanda, fix the Wi-Fi. Maybe get the decorations out of the attic or help me open a jar now and then. And then get out. <laughs> Yesterday, the man asked me where the spoons are. The spoons! We've been married for 10 years. The spoons are kept where they're always kept. In the silverware drawer. And the children. The children. Can a woman just eat her bag of Cheetos in her bathroom by herself in peace? The I'm hungries. The I'm thirsties. The mom, mom, moms. The where's my this? The where's my that? I love my kids, I really do. But I also love them to go places without me. I go to school for hours, or ballet, or to anywhere really. Just like even outside for like five minutes without saying my name. Recently, my husband, he found a binder of his old CDs from high school. He thought it'd be fun to listen to them on a CD player. There's only so much Enrique Iglesias a person can listen to. And that stupid song, Hero, it's not deep, it's not romantic, it's stupid. If you want to be my hero, go mow the lawn, go do something with the kids, go do the dishes. I'm leaving you here alone in peace. I'm hiding in my closet because I don't think they can find me in here. My husband can't find the spoons. My kids can't find water. Chances are they're not going to look in the closet to find me. But if they do find me, I'm going to have to watch another Marvel movie. My husband thought it would be fun to watch them in chronological order. That it'd be a good time for us for the last 20 evenings. Oh, the horror. Well, good morning, Fellowship Church. I am so excited to see your lovely faces. Thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for joining with us online. We recognize it's only a small fraction of people that could be in the auditorium with us today. Um, uh, but we are so glad that our church family is meeting with us right now. If you're watching with us live or if you're watching uh, on your phone sometime later, I believe God has a word for you today. And I am excited about it. I've titled this message today, How Far Do you want to go with this? How far do you want to go with this? And in fact, I want to ask you, go ahead and turn to your neighbor and ask them, how far do you want to go with this? If you're sitting at home, go ahead and turn to your cat right now and ask your cat as it looks at you. Ask your cat, how far do you want to go with this? And if you are sitting at home with your cat right now, two things. First off, why do you have a cat? Okay. And then second, you, you could be here. So what you should do is you should right now download the Church Center app so you can register for a spot and get in here next week so you don't have to watch church with your cat. You could be here with us right now. But, um, 
the question, how far do you want to go with this? Um, I believe it's, it's a fair question to ask anytime someone is ready to take on some great endeavor in life. Anytime they're going to do something big, it's important to ask. Like, for instance, if someone says, you know, I want to lose weight or I want to get healthy, it's a good question. Well, how far do you want to go with that? Because that can mean a lot of different things, right? I mean, can, uh, what are we talking about here? How far do you want to go with that? Are you, are you talking like you just want to look better in July? Are you want to fit into that specific pair of jeans that you haven't been able to fit into a long time? Maybe you're just hoping that your belly won't shake when you brush your teeth. Like, like... <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know, but how, how far do you want to go with this? Or, or maybe, maybe you're thinking like, no, I want health. I, I want to feel good. I want, I want to be able to sleep better. I want to feel better emotionally. I want to, I, I want to be stronger and healthy physically. Like, like how far do you want to go with this? I remember when uh, our first daughter was born, um, the doctor asked me before, before she was born, he said, uh, are you going to be in the delivery room? I'm like, am I going to be in the delivery room? Of course, not 1950. Yeah, doc, I'm going to be in the delivery room. All right? He goes, okay, well, how far do you want to go with this? I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? That's a weird question, right? And he's like, like if, if you're going to be in the delivery room, right? yeah, yeah. Like, do you want your face to be the first face that your baby sees? And I was like, what? No! <laughs> Dear God, no! Like, I didn't even realize that was an option. Hold on a second. Like, like I was thinking, because I'm, I'm thinking, no, like, Amelie's here. I'd like to be next to her head here trying not to pass out. That's, that's my goal. Like, just like, I just breathe. I need my own nurse with my own oxygen over here. That's what I want. You know, I'm thinking, that, that's a good father, right? You know? But no, some of you, you're like, how far you want to go with this? And I know some of you, you've taken documentary films, and you're like, you're down there, you're catching babies, you're cutting umbilical cords and stuff like that. Like, look, that's how far you wanted to go. That's cool. Not for me, okay? Just saying. Just saying. But I think it's an important question to ask in all areas of life. How far do you want to go with this? And when it comes to our faith, we ask the question, right? Because I've been doing ministry for a while now. And I've learned over the years of doing ministry that, that when people come and ask me, or they'll, they'll tell me, first off, they say, I want to follow Jesus. If I know them good enough, I'll ask them the question, how far do you want to go with this? Because sometimes um, they might not really understand all that it entails when we say that I am a follower of Christ, that I'm really going to do what he says to do, that I'm really going to be obedient to him day in and day out. So I'll ask people, like, okay, what do you mean by that? How far do you want to go with this? Because are you saying you just like want to clean your language up a little bit? Or, or maybe you're like hoping that you have uh, uh, like a little bit of comfort on a Sunday and get to get, to get some feel goods and some warm fuzzies on a Sunday morning sitting together. Or are you looking for like some fire insurance in case like so, something really bad goes wrong? Or are you saying, no, I'm coming to a place where I'm recognizing that God has sent his son to die for me and to raise again so that I could have life. So whatever he says goes, whatever he says to do, I'm gonna do that. I'm telling you, I'm going all the way with this. How far? do you want to go with this? In church, I know that we only have a fraction of our church family in this room, so I expect you to talk back to me. I expect you to get excited as though there's 2,000 people in this room. Shout over the neighbor because they can't shout right now, but I guarantee you they're, they're typing online, how far do you want to go with this? And Jesus was always pointing towards more 
I want you to go further. And do you recognize that there's different categories of how far you can follow Jesus? We see it in Scripture, right? There's, there's different types of relationships you can have with Jesus. The first relationship type we see with Jesus is the crowd. Everywhere Jesus went, there was the crowd. Like we see in John, uh, Jesus would sometimes uh, uh, sit somewhere on the hillside and teach, and, and a group of people would come around him. In fact, at one point, there was a count of over 5,000 men plus their families that all came and heard the word of God, and, and, and they were part of the crowd, and, and, and they were fed by Jesus. And see, when you're part of the crowd, the crowd is defined like in, in a way of going like, I'm not really sure if I'm really uh, into this or not. I'm still kind of checking things out. And that's okay to be part of the crowd, to be like, I'm, I'm still learning about Jesus. I'm learning about God. I'm learning, is this really something that, that I, I put my trust and my faith in? Is this something I'm going to live my life for? Do I, do I believe in Jesus? And there's the crowd. And, and, and see, the crowd, um, the crowd will be there for periods of time, and they won't be there for periods of time. Because the crowd is there as long as they're comfortable, as long as they're being entertained. I mean, that's what the crowd does. The crowd comes for a show. And as long as I, I feel good about this, as long as I agree with what he said, as long as it doesn't make me uncomfortable, then I'm there. And that's why the people were there when Jesus was feeding them. And the people were there, the crowd was there when he was giving them teaching that was encouraging to them. But just as soon as he starts talking about things that like are a little bit uncomfortable for them, boom, the crowd's gone. Like, whoa, I don't know about that. Don't, don't be talking to me about money right now. Like, I'm okay with you telling me that, like, I can get healthy, but don't talk to me about my money. I'm okay with you telling me uh, uh, about, uh, uh, about, you know, moving forward in my emotional health, but don't tell me how to live my life. Don't give me standards and stuff. Like, like I'm okay. It's like the crowd's there for a little bit, and see, it's not that the crowd is necessarily bad. The crowd's just there. And our church is full of people that are part of the crowd, and as it should be. This should be a place that's safe for people to come in and check it out and go, hey, I want to learn about this Jesus. I want to learn about God. I want to learn, is, 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 this, is it true that he is who he says he is? Is it true? I want to learn these things. I want to know this. The crowd is there, and you can be part of the crowd for a long time. Then there's another category, another relationship type that you can have with Jesus, and I call that the corporate relationship with Jesus. This is like a, a business type relationship with Jesus. This is when, this is your regular church attenders. They look the part, they dress the part, they act the part. These are uh, the people that like, they know when they get in trouble who to go to. They know that they can call on Jesus. They know, and they will have their, their regularly scheduled appointments. They know if I really am in trouble, I can go meet with Jesus. And that will be on Sunday morning at nine o'clock or Sunday morning at 11. It's like, like they have their business relationship with Jesus. And you know the, the corporate crowds, the corporate group that follow Jesus because these are the ones that have the cliches. All the good cliches. Oh, man, it's like, how are you today? I'm blessed and highly favored, bless God. It's like, looking good today. Oh, yes, brother, I'm, I'm just, I'm loved by God. And you, God bless you, brother, God bless you. You're Christian, I'm a Christian too, brother. God bless you. God is good all the time and all the time. Bless God. <laughs> I've got the cliches. It's professional. Is it personal? I don't know. But is it professional? I look the part. And see, the, the crowd will take you so far. 
in, in the corporate relationship with Jesus where you look the part will take you so far. But I believe what I want to talk about today, I believe the Holy Spirit is calling every one of us Every one of us that are hearing the word of God today, he's calling us to this next category, the third category, which is the consumed category. The consumed, the, the, the category that would say, listen, it's like, I'm not okay with just wondering if Jesus is good. I'm not okay with just acting the part. But I, I need a savior in my life. I need someone who's died for my sins because I can't do it on my own. So I believe that God sent Jesus as my son and I'm all in on this. So I'm so consumed with this that I'm just gonna trust him even if it doesn't make sense. If he says to do it, I'm gonna do it. And even if it's scary, I'm gonna do it anyways. And I'm just gonna trust him. I'm going to hold on to him. If he says forgive and it hurts, I'm going to forgive. But I'm, going to just, I'm just so consumed and I believe that this is the category that God is calling each and every one of us to is to become a type of follower of Christ where we say I am all out consumed with Jesus. My life from this day forward is for him. He died for me, so therefore I'm going to live for him. My life is consumed with Jesus. See, Jesus is always calling you to more. He's always calling you to more. He, he always wants more for you than you think is even possible for you. And, and, and he's trying to express this to us in Scripture. He's trying to show us that uh, life can get you so far if you're in the crowd just trying to check out God. And you, you might be able to get so far if you look the part and you memorized a couple Bible verses. You might, might get so far, but you can have your life completely transformed and changed if you come into a place where you say, I am consumed by Jesus. And that, that, that's where he's leading us to. He's saying, he's saying I, I want you to understand that if you just go all out and follow me, your life can be transformed. It can be changed. You can become a new person in every area of your life. And see, we see this because he starts to teach his disciples in the book of Mark, chapter 11. And uh, one of the ways that we learn this is we see that the context of a conversation he has with his disciples where he's talking to them about all out believing God and being consumed, the context of which takes place in Mark 11 is that Jesus is walking down the road, right? And, and, and walking down the road, he, he's heading towards Jerusalem. He sees a fig tree and he wants fruit from the fig tree. So he goes over to the fig tree and he goes to pick fruit and there's no fruit on the fig tree. So Jesus speaks to the tree and curses it and says, no one will ever eat of your fruit again, die tree. And he walks on. And the disciples are like, that's kind of weird, kind of strange. I don't get it, but whatever. We'll learn from that later. A couple of days later, they come by the same tree and the disciples look, and the tree that was there and had leaves is withered up and completely dead. And they go, oh, uh, Jesus, Jesus, do, do you see the tree that you said to die? It died. Jesus has got to be like, are you kidding me, guys? Like, like for real? Are you kidding me right now? Like, like of course it died. I said so. I said for, I'm the son of God. You've been following me. You recognize that I am the word. Like what, what I do, what I say, everything about me is life and everything about me is truth. So if I say it, it's gonna happen, whether it's big or not. So, so he's like, listen, you've got to understand if I say it, it's gonna happen. And he begins correcting the disciples and he says it with these words, Mark 11, verses, starting in verse 22 says this, Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. 
Listen to the truth I speak to you. If someone says to this mountain with great faith and having no doubt, doubt, mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. This, for this reason, I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Man, that is powerful, right? That's a good verse, right, church? You believe it, it will be yours. But you gotta look at the tone of where Jesus is right now because I, I assume reading this story, he's gotta be a little incredulous, a little like frustrated with the disciples. Like, are you kidding me? Like, with all the miracles you seen with all with all the prophecies you've seen fulfilled with every way I've changed life I'm like what I'm walking on water I'm turning water into wine I'm doing all these miracles one after another after another and you act surprised when I do another miracle like are you kidding me right now it's like it's like I wonder where do we get to the point where it's like uh we're worried about the little things in our life where we're going could God really handle that I mean, I believe that God could do certain things, but, but is healing too much for him? I believe God could do certain things, but is getting my kids off of drugs too much for him? I mean, I, I believe he could do certain things, but, but like, is, is fixing my marriage too much for him? So Jesus literally points out and uses it as an object lesson. He takes and points at a mountain, it's something, something that is literally an immovable object. He says, guys, you th you're thinking about what's too difficult, like a tree dying or something like that. You you're missing the point here. Um, when God speaks, it happens. So if you understand this about being a consumed follower of Christ, what you need to know is if you trust in me and you believe in your heart that what you ask for, the Lord will do for you. He goes, you could even say to that mountain, you could point at that mountain, look, immovable object, thing that is impossible and can't be done. I command that you move from this place. And he's saying, if you believe in God, whatever looks immovable in your life can be moved. It can be changed. And that's good news for you you and I because I mean this is a passage a lot of uh, preachers try to just explain away like it's just confusing be weary of preachers who try to explain away what the Bible really does say because because God is saying like if you have faith you can move things and he's telling his people and he's telling you and I what how does this relate to our life today like is, do you think any of us are actually going to go talk to the mason and try to get the mason to move I mean like no no, what is this? Well, every one of us in this room and every one of us listening online, you have some area in your life that you have gotten to a point where you feel like this object will not move. I don't know how to fix this. That diagnosis came in and that's an impossible diagnosis. And the, this wreck that happened in a relationship, that is an impossible thing to fix. And this addiction that I've been dealing with year after year, it's impossible. And God is saying, take me to that mountain. Take me to that impossible situation because I'm the God who moves impossible mountains. <laughs> and you know, we hear stuff like this and, and, and I hope when you hear messages like this, you get inspired. 
You know, I really do. I, I hope that. I hope that when you come to church and you hear the word of God, you get pumped up and you get excited. But what we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to get inspired and be like, okay, now, God, I'm ready for you to use me. So we go out and we start looking at big dreams and we start thinking, God, now I'm ready. So we go out in the street and we pray, God, I'm ready. You can start the universe right now because I am ready for you to use me. God, do it now. And it's like, like now we're getting on the page with God, therefore he's gonna be impressed with the fact that somehow we have a big enough dream that he's gonna bless a big dream. And I think so many of us get confused because we start thinking, it's like now that I, I'm trusting God, I'm gonna believe for the big, I'm gonna believe for the, we have, we have huge ambitions, we have macro ambition. Macro ambition, believing for the big. I got a 30 year goal, I got this plan, we're gonna, we're going to change the world, but, but what we see so many times in Scripture is that God doesn't necessarily get impressed with or even bless the macro dreams of his people. We see every time God moves in Scripture on the behalf of his followers, he's moving on people who are doing the micro steps of obedience instead of the macro dream. You go, well, there's people who have done macro dreams. I mean, things have happened in the Bible, like, like, like one story after another where miracles happen. Well, all of those miracles didn't just happen because someone goes, I need a miracle. No, they happened because day after day, uh, week after week, there were children of God who decided to do the little steps, the microscopic things that no one else knew of, of praying and trusting God and obeying him for that day where God blessed him in that. And I'm telling you, God is looking to bless his people, but he's looking to bless his people who are willing to do the day in, day out, mundane obedience of God, right. taking the stuff. See, the road to your blessing is a road called mundane. And we just think sometimes we get it backwards. Okay, I'm going to change the world. Macro dream. How about the micro stuff? How about you just go introduce yourself to your neighbor and be kind to them? <laughs> well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to take down social injustice. We're going to take down racial injustice. We're going to take down these problems. Okay, that's a beautiful macro dream, but what's the, what's the micro step here? How about be kind to someone who doesn't look like you? It's like we, we, we get confused sometimes and we think like we try to live our lives in the big dream areas and we skip all the small steps. And it's like I've met people who, who will actually pay money to fly to the other side of the world and go on a mission trip. Now let me pause and tell you I have no problem with missions at all. Our church supports missions. We send people out on missions all the time. It is a beautiful thing. But I've met so many people who will pay big money to go on a mission trip on the other side of the world, but who have rejected the opportunities to invite our coworkers to, work, to church with us. It was like we got this big dream that I'll go do something amazing on the other side of the world, but are we being faithful with the little things that are right in front of us? See, the macro dream, it sounds good. Like I met people who have memorized entire books of the Bible. Right, have you ever met someone like that? 
they just start like reciting the book of Romans to you or something. It's like they might know it in Greek or Hebrew or whatever. Like you're like, you're like wow, that's impressive. It's like, but, but let me tell you something. That's a macro dream. Let me tell you a micro step instead for the rest of us normal people that, that, that just need some help in life. Is how about instead of like, like, go ahead, do it. Memorize the whole Bible. That's wonderful. But I'll tell you instead, how about this step? Take one verse and live it out this year. Just one Bible verse. You say, you, you can memorize the entire New Testament, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm gonna crush Joshua 1.9 this year, and I'm gonna crush the fact that I'm gonna learn that he has never forsaken me. He will not leave me. He will not abandon me. He's always with me. So even when it doesn't feel like he's in the room, I'm gonna start looking for the evidence of the fact that he's in the room and with me. And even when I feel alone, I'm gonna start looking for the evidence that I'm not alone, that he's here with me. And I'm gonna start looking back on tragedies that I've gone through and start recognizing he was there with me so you can take your macro dream but I've got to live out my micro steps. It's like, well, the macro sounds better but the micro lives better. And that's what we've got to understand as followers of Christ so we say, okay, I've got some, I do have some real, real macro dreams though. I want to, I want to stay pure until marriage. Like I want, I want to, I want to stay pure for for my spouse till till marriage. We 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 get to that point. Okay, macro dream. What's well? Okay, it's a great dream. Show me the small steps. Maybe the first small step is stop scrolling, right? Stop swiping. Maybe what you need to do is buy a rotary phone. It's like it's a lot harder to make a bad decisions if it takes thirty minutes to do it. You know. Then you go start over again. <laughs> it's like, see, so many times we expect God to bless our big dreams when really he's just looking for the small steps of obedience, the small steps of faith day after day, week after week, night after night. Going, God, what is it that you want me to do? So I say, how far do you want to go with this? It's like, well, well, if I'm not okay with just being in the crowd and wandering, if I'm not okay with, with, with just looking like I have the part, and I actually want my life to be consumed by him, I'm gonna have to do a couple things. I'm gonna have to follow him even when it doesn't make sense. So here's two ways to change your life. Two ways in following Jesus that'll change your life. Number one, you've gotta face your mountain. Face your mountain. And, and I say that because for every one of us, we have got some area of our life where we think this is impossible. This is the thing that God can't fix. This is the thing that God can't move. And that is exactly where Jesus is waiting for you. That is exactly where he's been building your faith for, is that area where you think this is impossible, it can't be done. See, Jesus is waiting for you in a place where he, he's saying, come and follow me and I'm gonna take you to that spot that you think is impossible. So that relationship that's fallen apart and is so destroyed, that addiction that you, you, you thought you were clean and then you're back on it again. You thought you were clean and then you're back on it again. Take me to that spot and that is gonna be where I'm gonna show you day after day how to take the small steps of obedience where we're not going, this is just a big macro dream. I'm gonna get over this mountain or I'm gonna pick it up and throw it in the ocean. He goes, no, no, no. Take me to that spot and I'm gonna show you today what step can I take today? Jesus, who should I forgive today? How do I forgive that again today? 
how do I love this person today? We, we've got to face the mountains in our life. And, and I think what a lot of us do in the world is we try to find ways around the mountain. In fact, that's what the world does. The world offers you uh, distractions from the immovable objects in your life. It's called escapism. As if when we get off of our escapism, the problem's not still going to be there or we're not going to be farther down the mountain than when we started. So we've got we've to recognize that we, we've got to face the mountain. We've got to come to it and, and say, okay, Jesus, what do you want me to do now? I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. If you say to do it, I'm consumed with you. So if you say to do it, I'm going to be obedient in all areas. And then number two, I'm closing. I want to tell you, you got to let mountains be mountains. What does that mean? <clears throat> it means some things you face in life are incredibly difficult. Some things that you are going to face in life are going to be an incredible challenge. And getting over some mountains and moving certain mountains in your life, certain conversations with mountains might take your entire life. And I think that the church has done a great disservice. And if, if we have ever led you to believe this or said this here, I want to apologize to you uh, personally and publicly uh, and, and forever making you feel like you, there's certain things. You should just get over that. Like, like if you believe that because you're a Christian, you're a follower of Christ, that there are certain things in your past that, that you should just be over it by now. You're covered in the blood. You should have forgiven them by, by now. Well, there are certain mountains. It takes a lot longer to get up that mountain than I ever thought it would. And you might find yourself five years later going, man, that pastor that one time or that counselor that one time, they said I should have been over this by now, but I'm still so hurt. And it's like we start thinking there's something wrong with us. We start thinking, man, I, I, there's something so broken in me because I'm not trusting God enough. I'm not believing enough. I don't, I'm not covering myself in the blood of Jesus enough or something like that because I should be over this by now. But that's what they said. But there are certain conversations with mountains that you're going to have that might never come to an end until you are standing face to face with Jesus in heaven. Because there are certain betrayals you will go through. And there, there are certain pains that you will go through. There will be loss of people in your life that you will go through. Some of you have gone through cer certain hurts and certain tragedies that I can't even, I, I wouldn't even dare speak about because I don't have the understanding of the pain that you've gone through. And it takes time. So what we have to do is let a mountain be a mountain. And instead of being the type of people where, where we just act like, yeah, I got it together. I'm here at church Sunday morning. Ladies got their makeup on, men come in with a little bit of strut, a little bit of swagger. How you doing? I'm doing good. God bless you, brother. And then we're off in the corner crying, going, God, I'm so broken. So broken. This is where we've got to be transparent. This is where we've got to be able to come in as a church and fellowship church. What if, what if we were the type of church, and I thank God that we're, we're becoming more and more of this, where we're transparent, where we're, you can come in and say, I'm not doing okay today. I'm hurting today. I thought I forgave them yesterday, but I'm angry today, and I'm still dealing with this addiction. And man, I can't believe I went back to it again, and I'm failing, and I'm hurting. So would you pray for me, and would you worship beside me, and would you help me, and would you walk with me through this? And what if we were the type of people who would just let a mountain be a mountain and say, it's going to take me some time, but I'm willing to journey. Will you journey with me? Amen. And when you move... When you move, 
from saying, I just want to see what Jesus is all about and being in the crowd. To moving from saying, I want to make it look like I'm a Christian who's got myself all together. Professional Christian, bless God. But you move to the point where you say, I need a savior so desperately in my life. I'm not going to just take some of his words and do them. I'm not going to just take some of his advice. I'm going to be so consumed with him that if he says to do it, I'm going to do it. And if he says to forgive, I'm going to forgive. If he says to love, I'm going to love. If he says to pray, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to do what he says because there are certain mountains in my life that I want to get over it before I'm gone. So church family, let me pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I know that you understand each and every one of our hearts, and you know the pain that each and every one of us are dealing with. And for all of us as well, God, you know the mountain that each of us are thinking about right now. Whether it's a relationship, an addiction, a failure, a betrayal, something from the past, it's different for each of us. But that thing that we think is impossible to us, we recognize that, God, you are in the business of moving the impossible. So we thank you for that, and we pray that we would be the type of people who trust you in the process over time, day after day, to come to you and trust you to move those mountains in our lives. Thank you for each and every person listening right now, and we pray that, Jesus, you would, you would help us to live our lives following you. Bless us, we ask God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let's give God a praise today. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for joining with us online. We love you. I uh, hope, hope to see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer at all, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below this video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.